Hello, and welcome to The Bookmark, a podcast of the Wabash Carnegie Public Library. I'm Rachel. And I'm Laura. And it is August. Let me Do you know how good it feels to have you back across from me? Because the last time I did this, I was doing the intro for the mini episode. Yeah. It was so weird to record it So alone. weird and awkward. Yes. So weird and awkward. Let me tell you how much I thought this was September. Uh-oh. And I was like prepped and I was ready for September. And then I was like, no, wait, no, we're doing July. And then I went through this whole July experience. And then I realized there's a month in between there. Oh, no. I forgot August. Yeah. It's a, it's a month. It is. And it's also kind of a down month for us. It's like yeah. between summer reading and I would say in fall stuff, but like, or in back to school stuff, but mm-hmm. school starts at the beginning of August. Yes. Um, but we kind of take our foot off the pedal a little bit to let your family get back into school mode. And let teachers contact us about what they need from us so yes. that we can get prepped for school starting too. Yeah. So August is kind of a weird catch all. And it's also for me, it's that in-between time where, like, I'm really ready for fall stuff, mm-hmm. but it's still swelteringly hot outside, <laughs> and so I can't fully embrace, like, sweatshirts and fall flannel aesthetic, what but I'm ready for it. Yeah, what they do is when back to school starts, every store puts out their cozy flannels, cozy mm-hmm. sweatshirts, cozy everything. Yep. I start thinking, I'm buying that, and then I pull out all my cozy things and... Mm-hmm. Yet here we are and it's 95 degrees in the shade and it's misery. I know. And I can't wear that cozy flannel, which I've, by the way, I've sworn off the flannel. flannel. And the reason why is every time I button, I have a button down flannel, even if I leave it open, whatever I do to put this thing on, I look like I'm trying to be a preppy lumberjack. (laughs) Like I'm the lumberjack at the job site that works in the office and takes your name and number if you need extra lumber. It is not it. <laughs> okay, well let's let's talk some reading goals. I am upfront. I will just tell you that I feel uh, less prepared for this podcast than I have felt maybe for one in the two years we've been doing this. <laughs> I feel so disconnected. Part of that is because I'm coming off of about three weeks of emergency vacation days. Yeah. And I say that because like I had a ton of vacation days that I was going to lose if I didn't take them very quickly. Um, So most of the month of June, I ended up not being around very much. And I just, it always messes with my momentum when I take Mm -hmm. a week or more off. So uh, I don't know how, how in tune in step I'm going to be, but we're going to try. You're going to be fine. As we're recording this, summer reading has wrapped up relatively recently. Did you finish? I did finish summer reading. So did I. I did. And I um, very happily kept to my goal, which was an average of an hour of reading a day. Excellent. That's what I wanted. And that's what I ended up with. And Well, let me just tell you a slightly uh, maybe less impressive numerically goal. But for me, this was, uh, first of all, I will have you remember back in January when we gave our reading goals for the year, uh, I had went to finish summer and winter reading. Mm -hmm. And I was like, by summer, not going to happen. And you did it. I did it. Last year. I will tell you this. I'm looking at my bean stack right now. Last year, I got the badge for reading 540 minutes, and that was the last badge I got Mm -hmm. for summer reading. This year, I not only completed summer reading, 
but I ended up with like 2,800 and something That's minutes. That's amazing. That's so amazing. So an extra thousand minutes. I have and no idea what number I ended up with, but all I wanted was to make sure that like I commute a half hour either way to work. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make sure I was listening to audiobooks in that time. Sure. And so I feel like that was the bottom goal for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it okay. I, I just, I texted Laura when I crossed the 1800 minute threshold because and I was that so was proud. completion. And I just said, I freaking did it. I'm just so proud. I of did you. it. And so it was huge. And it's not just like, hey, I read 1800 minutes. You had fun. You had books you really liked that you talked to me about. And it just made me so happy to see you enjoy it instead of having it be like, I have to finish some reading. Well, and one of the things that I noticed, and then I realized I made a note of this, I started a lot of books that I didn't finish. That's okay. But I read for a particular amount of time inside that book so I could log it. That's my favorite thing about minutes for summer reading because there are a lot of books that I was able to start but not able to complete, and that's okay. That happened with me too. I may go back to them eventually. What I started to discover was I flew through a bunch of really easy books, Mm -hmm. and then when I started some books that were a little more thinky or a little less like uh, bubblegummy, I just couldn't, my brain could not Mm -hmm. engage and couldn't focus. So at a certain point, I just went, you know what? This is dragging. I was completing books like in a day or two, and now I can't. I cannot get into this book. So I'm going to go back, and I'm just going to do the fun little bubblegum books again. And that's how I was able to finish out because I just, I have to, I find it really interesting that I have to continuously remind myself there's value in all reading. Yeah. You can read whatever you want. Well, just I was, keep reading. I was just you know? about to tell you, you know, as someone, I have a degree in English literature. Yeah. I got one. I went through it. Mm-hmm. And as someone who I believe now has a little label that says I have expertise in this, I'm going to tell you, you never have to read another thinking book in the rest of your <laughs> life and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Burn yeah. the thinking books. Read what you want. <laughs> Well, maybe don't burn them. Maybe yeah, give I them was away. Like, um, maybe where, give them away. But, where do I go from here? <laughs> <laughs> but don't don't read books you don't enjoy. Yeah. You know, if you want to yeah. read a thinking book so you can think about it, have fun. But if you just want to read because you like reading for the pure enjoyment of that, yep. read whatever you want. Uh, I just did that. Good. Actually, I just finished yesterday a book that Laura recommended on our mini episode (laughs) love letters love lettered love lettering love lettering yeah whatever you get there eventually Uh, yeah it was that same idea you'll find it if you look it up yeah and it was really good it's a fun i loved it i read it it might have taken me three or four days Mm -hmm. but it was so fun it was so cute that's a fun one yeah and it's a romance but it doesn't feel too like cringy or eye-rolly and it's not exactly a cookie cutter like some romances you pick up and you think I've read this before oh wait no I haven't yeah that one's one it takes place over a longer period of time yes and it is um very character driven Uh uh-huh and Uh anyway it's and then you want to buy stationery afterwards yes very much so um and I did (laughs) it makes you laugh in a lot of places but it's not like corny Mm -hmm. laughter it's just it was really good I loved it and that's um 
Clay, Kate Claiborne? Yes. Is that her name? Yeah. And she's got a new book coming out that I just uh-huh. got an, a promotional email about. Yeah. So I have her new book that I'm going to read. Oh, nice. We'll see how it is. <laughs> well, love lettering was really cute. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. What have you been reading? I have been reading assortments of things because I said I, I have to read... Like, I think it was the last episode I talked about. I was reading things that people were telling me to read and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not reading things I wanted to. Right. So I said, okay, I'm going to read stuff I want to. I read Mortal Follies. I talked about uh-huh. last time. I read Chef's Choice by TJ Alexander, which is a cooking-themed rom-com with tons of cheese plates. And <laughs> it was delightful. It was really cute. The premise is that the grandson of a like t- famous TV chef is um, only going to be able to inherit this empire of, like, cookbook, cooking, and, like, I don't know, TV shows, all this stuff. It's like if Gordon Ramsay had a, had a grandson. Okay. That's the setup. And he has to be able to prove he can cook this menu oh, from okay. this restaurant. And he, he's like, I have to get a girlfriend, and I have to prove I can cook this. And so he's in this lobby of this place, and this woman is there having just lost her job and you know all the terrible things that happen at the right. start of a, a romance novel and he goes I'll give you a thousand dollars if you'll pretend to be my girlfriend for five minutes and she goes that's good severance pay <laughs> and then from there it's like um fake dating yeah and it, it was really cute that was fun it's a trope I love it was lots of fun and then I just finished um a lady's guide to fortune hunting by Sophie Irwin uh-huh. which Abby upstairs recommended to me it's like Pride and Prejudice, except there are no parents. And <laughs> um, it's if Elizabeth was like, I've got all these sisters and I have to support them on my own. And what do I do? I know. I'll go to London and I'll find me a man. <laughs> oh, boy. And the uh, the young man that she sets her eyes on, um, his older brother thinks, hmm, this doesn't ring quite true to me. So he shows up to put a stop to this fortune hunting scheme. And there's your there's your love story. Interesting. And she has a new book that came out in like my timeline. It is still July. It came out last. It came out yesterday. Nice. So I have that new book, and that is um, a lady's guide to scandal, which oh, is okay. not the same characters, but it's the same kind of like idea. Idea. Same kind of timeline. They'll probably run into each other at a ball as a nod to the previous book. Right. You know how things go in romance novels. But I'm excited to read that, too. And then I read The Library of the Dead. And and that one was good, but there was some body horror, if you are not okay with that. But it was a good mystery. And paranormally futuristic Edmura. Do you I, want to tell people why you picked up Library of the Dead? Yes. Go Because for it. I was looking up books for the list of things I want to read this fall. And as I was looking up books for that, I came across the title of a book. And the title <laughs> of the book was... Our Lady of Mysterious Ailments. And I've never related more to a book title in my entire life. And Laura went, dang it, my uh, memoir title is stolen. <laughs> I thought that. And then I also thought, if I ever get sainted, that's the name I want. I want to be Our Lady of Mysterious Ailments. That sounds great. So then when I looked it up, I was like, oh, my goodness. There's a first book. I have to read that so that I can read this book. So I'll be reading the second book because I love that. I mean, as someone whose doctor once walked into the room and said, you're medically interesting. Medically interesting. I want it on a shirt. Medically interesting. I want that on a shirt. I still haven't made one, but I'm going to do it someday and I'm going to wear it to a doctor's appointment. Perfect. (laughs) 
All right. Do you have anything else that you want to include in your recently read or reading goals or I'm trying to remember if I've read anything else. I probably have read other things that I, I can't just... remember. I'm still listening to the Discworld books mm-hmm. again, which is really fun. All right. Well, let's talk about programming for just a second so that we can move on to the lists that we both have that are kind of large um, for this week. I don't have any programs planned for August. And neither do I. Okay. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure as the calendar looks right now at the library, there is nothing set. Well, there's Mm -hmm. D&D. If if you take part in that, that's still on the calendar. But otherwise, we don't have anything set in stone for the month of August. Keep an eye out. You'll hear this from us over and over again. But keep an eye on our social media. If we decide to pop something up or throw something out there, either specifically for one group or for the library at large, keep your eye on Beanstack in Mm -hmm. case we maybe just throw up a post-summer reading challenge or something that you might want to take part in. But as of right now, we don't have anything planned specifically. Mm -hmm. I know this drops in August, so I will say as a... We'll talk about this more next month, but just go ahead and mark your calendar for September 17th, which is, or I'm sorry, September 16th. Saturday, September 16th is Founders Festival. Yeah. And the library is the lead sponsor of the Kid Zone this year. So we've got some ideas. We're collaborating with a couple of other organizations and we've got some ideas for some fun stuff for your kids at the museum and down at the Story Walk. This particular founders festival celebration in september so keep your calendar cleared for that but we'll talk more about it next month and i'll i'll tell you what you can expect because i need to narrow down some specifics yes (laughs) (laughs) but it's coming hey laura hey you want to talk about some books we're looking forward to this fall yeah okay so we decided that we were going to just go through books that we're excited to read, like upcoming releases for this coming fall. Yes. And I started making a list and I had like 35 titles on the list. And then I went, let's be real. You don't really want to read most of these. (laughs) (laughs) So I took like half of them out because I didn't really want to read them. They looked either vaguely interesting or they looked interesting to me, but I knew I wasn't going to take the time to sit down and read them. So the 15 books that I have on my list for today are books I genuinely would like to read. Yes. And I have 19 on my list. And they're all ones I genuinely want to read. And while I would like to say I will read them all, I know that odds are I will not. Right. But if I could quit my job, which I wouldn't want to do (laughs) because I also like it. But if I were to do that and do nothing but read for like the next two months... I would read all of these. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to get them because I would not have a job. (laughs) But (laughs) if I could go on one of those, uh, they seem ever increasingly popular on my particular TikTok for you page. But if we could just do one of those like friend reading retreats. Yeah. Oh, first of all, how heavenly. That sounds beautiful to me. It's just Find an Airbnb or a Verbo or whatever booking service you prefer. Not a sponsor. Uh, but hey, if they want to give us a free reading retreat, 
You hit us up, Verbo. And reserve like a, a cabin with uh, cheese boards and yes, and coffee and tea and whatever beverages are available at said cabin, and just quiet, beautiful places to read for like yeah. a week. I could probably get through these. Yes, but. Uh, real life happens and so we're gonna talk about things we're genuinely excited yeah, about we hope you will be too I would love it if I could like if I was a person that was like typing just stuff that was put in front of me during the day and or packing craft kits all day yes. long and I in doing so could turn off the part of my brain that I need to think about what I'm doing and then I would just listen to all these in yes. a row yes I don't know why I said it like that. Because you did. Yeah. 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 All right. Why don't you start? Because you have more than me. Because I have too many. (laughs) My first book is called Masters of Death by, I want to say it's Olivia because it's spelled like Olive, but there's an extra I in there. Okay. Blake. And... She has written a bunch of really fun books, like Atlas Six is one of the ones that she read. And this one is about a real estate agent, except she's a vampire. (laughs) And the house she has to sell is haunted. And the ghost haunting the house was murdered, and he has no idea how he died. (laughs) And it's also about a medium. And through this this particular medium is definitely a shameless fraud. He isn't entirely worth his use without his uses, considering the fact that he's actually the godson of death. Nice. So they're going to solve I a murder mystery. I actually really like everything about that. They're going to solve a little murder mystery together, find out what happened to that ghost, and uh, see if they can get that house sold. That's but, fun. Uh, it I just, like that. It seems like just a little funny, off the cuff, and enjoyable, and I'm excited about that one. That's fun. All of mine are September and October. Excellent. That's just how they fell. And I can give you the dates that they released. If I forget, it'll be in the either probably in the show notes. You'll you'll be able to go on the show notes and I will put the release dates. Yeah. Yeah. I will not link to these things because there's going to be too many things for me to link to. Yep. But they will be available. And I'm giving a list to people in our library that order books so we can try and get all these on the shelves. Yep. Okay. So my first one comes out September 5th and it is called Main Character Energy. By Jamie Barron. Do you have it? I don't have it on my list, but... I, it looks good. I think it's going to okay, be fun. Okay, so Poppy would rather be writing mysteries than writing listicles for her dead-end job at Thought Buzz. She has this one aunt who believes in her dream to write a book. And they have secret yearly lunches where her aunt always tells her that she believes in her. Then her aunt passes away and leaves her this huge surprise, which is a trip to a villa in in the French Riviera. And that's where she learns that her aunt intends to leave her the villa as a writer's residency, but she has to finish her novel in the next six months. So it's a book about her deciding is this what she really wants to do? Can she do it? Can she live up to these expectations? She has to decide if she can live up to her aunts and her own desire to be the main character in her own life. I feel like I pre-ordered this myself <laughs> because it seemed like such a yeah. delightful story. Yeah. And I love, I love stories about people who are like really close with a family member yes. like that. And then I there's have a, a lot twist. of those this year. Because, Weirdly. Um, there's, 
a young adult book that's now quite old, but it was the 13 Little Blue Envelopes. Uh-huh. And it was a girl whose aunt passed away and gave her a blue envelope. And she opened the blue envelope and it said, this is what you need to do next. And that led her to another blue envelope. And it took her through Europe. Um, and that was like her aunt's last gift to her. That's and really it was cool. so fun. And yeah. so I like anything like that because I have a really close relationship with my aunt. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's fun. So main character energy by Jamie Varon. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. My next one comes out on the 15th of August. And I'm surprised this was not on your list because I know you like her books. It's called Last Girl Standing and it's by Jennifer Dugan. I do like Jennifer Dugan. You do like Jennifer Dugan. <laughs> and it's a thriller. Oh, interesting. She wrote her first interesting. thriller. It is about the sole survivors of surviving counselors of a summer camp massacre. And they're searching to find out the truth of what happened that faithful night and what they find out might just get them killed. So it's a little bit nice. like slasher energy, but you're yeah, not yeah, there yeah. for that part. And anyway, that's cool. That's I, I think it's really it's a it's a new thing for her because she wrote Hot Dog Girl and Some Girls uh-huh. Do and and they were really rom com. Yes, I was gonna say very sweet rom com like and the cover rom-com. of this book is great. Really, it's a great cover. Her covers are usually pretty good, but they're pretty similar. So I'm guessing this one's gonna be way out the box. Well, it, the upper part of it is a close up of just this girl's terrified eyes, and then it fades down into a different thing. You got to look it up. It's really cool. All right. My next one is 19 Steps by Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, It comes out September 12th. Millie Bobby Brown, you may recognize the name of because she's 11 on Stranger Things. Yes, she is. She's been in some other things as well. But this is her first novel based on a family story of her own family. Fun. Um, So it's set in 1942. London is under threat of enemy attacks in the Second World War. And Nellie is the main character. And she has a job and she's pretty, she's in a pretty good place in her life. She meets an American airman who is stationed there in London. And she falls in love with the idea of traveling more and seeing the broader world. And then a really awful incident occurs during an air raid one evening and it changes everything for Nellie. And she has to learn uh, how to find that happiness again. And, and mm. so it sounds like sweepingly epic, but I am, I am not like a give me all the books about World War II. No. But if it's World War II London for some reason, I'm greatly enamored with mm-hmm. with it. I don't know why it's different, but uh, and I'm curious. Well, this one's called 19 Steps. I'm not. Occasionally, there will be like a celebrity memoir or whatever that I think sounds interesting. I have a couple coming up mm-hmm. a little bit later, but novels by actors sometimes yeah. are hit or miss so there's a curiosity Ethan Hawke is a good one yes he's very, very good. good at writing yeah so there's it's part curiosity but also part just a story that sounds great it does so. sound really good no all right what's your next my one? next one is called the water outlaws by S.L. Huang and it is coming out on the 22nd of August and it is um, inspired by old school martial arts literature expert a soldier an arms instructor is then branded a criminal and is on the run. And she meets up with 
these bandits in the mountains that are going to uh, going to take down the uh, status quo. Essentially, they're the bandits of Liang Shan, and they're going to take down the corrupt empire. They're murderers, thieves, smugglers, and cutthroats, and they might just be what it takes to save the area. So that sounds fun. It sounds really fun. And what's interesting is SL Huang is a um, stunt. Oh, performer. Cool. Very professional cool. stunt performer. Yeah. And this is actually quite fascinating. Yeah. She's the first woman to be a professional armor professional armorer mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Yeah. That's fascinating. She's really cool. And I'm excited about her book. <laughs> wow. I don't feel like I can express how cool this book is gonna be. She was on Battlestar Galactica, yeah. Raising Hope. Top Shot Auction Hunters. She has trained actors such as Nathan Fillion and Jason Momoa. Yes. That's really cool. Anyway, she also apparently is brilliant. So Sounds like <laughs> read it. Read her book. Jeez. Get on that. Yes. All right. The next one that I'm going to talk about is called Playing the Witch Card by KJ Della Antonia. That sounds so fun. <laughs> Let me tell you the first line of this description is Gilmore Girls meets Practical Magic. Yes. 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 So I'm going to read you this description because it says it so much better than I can. Flair Hardwick knows three things. Magic is real, love isn't, and relying on either ends in disaster. So while she's grateful for the chance to take over her grandmother's Kansas bakery after she finally leaves her cheating husband, she won't be embracing Nana's fortune-telling side hustle. Hers is a strictly no-magic operation. Until the innocent batch of tarot card cookies she bakes for the town's Halloween celebration unleashes the power of the family deck, luring Flair's unpredictable mother to town, tempting her magic-obsessed daughter, and bringing back Flair's first love while ensnaring her ex in a curse she can't break. Oh, no. Suddenly, there's far more at stake than her status as the most reluctant witch in town. And the magic flair has long rejected becomes the only card she has left to play. <laughs> that sounds fun. So fun. So that's called Playing the Witch Card by KJ Del Antonia. I want to read that And it now. comes out September 12th. That just seems delightful. Yeah, I agree. Okay, my next one is I'm cheating. It's me cheating. Because oh, technically, I was like, is that what it's called? No. It's really um, I, I'm interrupting myself to tell you I'm cheating. I'm like, that's really a weird title. Technically, this book was already published. Oh, okay. <laughs> However, it this is an updated and revised version that the author got to I'm what I'm imagining happened is the author got the rights back and could like update it the way that she wanted to. And so she did. It's called City of Bones, not Cassandra Clare. <laughs> it is oh. By Martha Wells, and she wrote the Murderbot books. Right, yeah. And so every once in a blue moon, you get the rights back and you can republish. And so she's republishing this with Tor. And Tor is like, always, if you want to republish with us, you do what you want with this book. (laughs) You have fun. So this is about Kat, who's a relic dealer working in the bottom tiers of society, trying to stay one step ahead of the trade inspectors. When Kat is hired by the all-powerful warders to find relics believed to be one of the ancient's archived engines, he and his party begin unraveling mysteries of an age-old technology. This they expected. They soon find themselves as the last line of defense between the suffering masses 
and a fanatical cult bent on unleashing evil upon the city with an undying thirst for bone. So things go wrong. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it's kind of described as being similar to Firefly. Okay. And so I'm like. I would be super into that. I'm then. down for this. I'm yeah. also, if you give me Martha Wells' name on a book, I will read it. Right. Right. I will read it and I will love it because <laughs> she's just amazing. And so I'm excited to see what happened. My next one comes out again September 12th. I have a lot of those. It's called Second Chance Hotel by Sierra Godfrey. It's all fun and games until you accidentally marry a stranger in Greece and inherit a hotel. Yes. So um, <laughs> Amelia's life is a mess. So she does what she does best. She runs away to Greece. Well, she travels around Europe for a while. Then she goes to Greece um, on this little Greek island. And then she, the description says she gets tricked into marrying James. That sounds like that episode of uh, Full House where um, Jesse's, Uncle Jesse's cousin comes. Yes. And he's just really inexplicably hot. Yeah. And he tries to convince DJ to walk around a table with him. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Oompa. And then Danny swoops in and like and walks him the other way. Late. Yeah. That's right. I do remember that. Um, As though that would have been legally binding right. anyway. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, and after she marries James, they are uh, gifted the hotel that they're staying in. <laughs> and it is, it, it is described as a hotel they don't want that is in desperate need of some TLC. So they together agree to keep the hotel open through the summer season for the sake of the get, island's quirky but well-meaning residents, which is uh, keywords to my heart. Um, and then Amelia will return home and rebuild her disastrous life there. Or will she? Or I mean, come will on. She? No, she's going to so, stay. Yeah. Second Chance Hotel. That sounds adorable. Yeah. My next book is a sequel mm -hmm. because I've made everyone, I hope by now, read Empress of Salt and Fortune by <laughs> Naivo. Um, yes. So you should be ready now. You should have read them all and you should be ready to read Mammoths at the Gates. Which comes out September 12th, and it is about Cleric Chi, who is returning home to his abbey, um, returning home to their abbey, I should say, um, for the first time in three years, only to be met with joy and sorrow. Their memoir, Cleric Thien, has died, and not everyone pre is prepared to leave them to their rest. So, basically, there's a fight over who gets the body, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... If they don't play their cards right, the mammoths that come will knock the gates down and destroy all of the stories that they have traveled to collect and preserve at this abbey. That's so um, it's if you've read the other ones, you're already in love with all these characters. If you haven't, you will be. Technically, you can jump in at any point. But why are you waiting? Technically, get started now. You have time. They're all novellas. They're yep. not very long. You could sit down and read them in like a day or two. Under yeah. 100 pages each one. So go go read them. Go read them now. There's one where they talk to tigers, and only by telling the tiger stories do they keep themselves alive through the night. It's so great. <laughs> you should read them. <laughs> so it's, it's their fantasy um, and uh, inspired by um, Asian mythology. So read those. So the next one on my list, 
I really want to read, but it's also kind of for you. So Ooh. if you have this on your list, fine. If not, I think you're going to like this one. It's it's by Adrian Young. It comes out October 17th, and it's called The Unmaking of June Farrow. I don't have that on my list. All right. But so, I've read Adrian Young's books for YA before, and yeah. yes, please. Okay. Well, let's see at which point it clicks for you that I think this is a book for you. In the small mountain town of Jasper, North Carolina, June Farrow is waiting for fate to find her. It's been a year since June started seeing and hearing things that weren't there. Faint wind chimes, a voice calling her name, and a mysterious door appearing oh, out of nowhere. Go. Look, look, it's a portal fantasy. <laughs> the signs Sign of what June up. always knew was coming. After her grandmother's death, June discovers a series of cryptic clues regarding her oh. mother's decades-old disappearance. Oh. Yes. Except they only lead to more questions. Uh, the next time the door appears, June realizes she can touch it and walk past the threshold. Oh. And when she does, she embarks on a journey that will not only change both the past and the future, but also uncover the lingering mysteries of her small town and entangle her heart in an epic star-crossed love. Yes, I will read that. <laughs> you had me at Portal Fantasy. I know. <laughs> I, I was like, ooh, a Portal Fantasy that's not a YA Portal it's Fantasy? It's not a way for Portal Fantasy. And and it, there's like missing relatives. Yes. Did, did they go through the portal or did they not? Yes. I love that. A little yes. bit of mystery. <laughs> so that is The Unmaking of June Farrow. I need it. I'm pre-ordering it. <laughs> <laughs> I need it and I need a weekend to just stay at home and read it. That's what I need. That sounds amazing. My next one should come as no surprise. And if you pick this one already, I can skip it. Okay. It's called The Last Level to The Last Level. It's not The Last Level, Rachel. It's The Last Devil. I don't have it. The Last Devil to Die by Richard Oseman. And it comes out September 14th. And it's the fourth Thursday Murder Club book. Oh, yeah. I didn't put it on there. I'm putting it on there because... It's Thursday Murder Club. I still have to buy. You know, it's funny. Uh, on vacation, I found the third one, but only in hardback. Mm-hmm. And I all I have the other two. in. Pa- I just bought it in yeah. paperback from Amazon. But I was like, I still have to read that. And then I looked at the back and I was like, no, you don't. You read it, you dummy. You did read it. <laughs> I read it like last October and like, completely honey, no. forgot. I know you read that book. <laughs> Because we talked about it. I completely forgot that I had read it. But anyway, Anyway. this is coming. It's great. An old friend has been killed. A dangerous package he was protecting has gone missing. And the gang's search leads them to the antiques business where the tricks of the trade are as old as the objects themselves. They encounter drug dealers, art forgers, and online fraudsters, as well as heartache close to home. Oh, no. Yes. And I have a sinking feeling about what that is. I have a sinking about feeling what about is. what that heartache is, too. But I love these books. They're great. Do you think great. it has anything to do with Stephen? I do. Hmm. I do, and I hope not. It's but the most anxiety-inducing thing about those books. I love Stephen I so know, much. I do and too. I really love him in that third book when they get kidnapped and how he's like, all right, dear. Okay. Love. I know. He's yes, lovely. I, oh, I assume you have this under control. He's just a gift yes, and he's I so agreed. precious and I love him. Yeah. So I don't know what will happen with that book, but it's wonderful. Oh, those books are so good. They're so good. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited about that, but I'm also probably going to cry. Yeah. It's fine. I'll, 
But you'll laugh a little too. I'll prep my migraine medicine and we'll see how it goes. (laughs) All right. I'm moving into the nonfiction sphere. Excellent. Let's call it uh, the nonfiction celebration of women because that seems to be the majority (laughs) of what I'm going to talk about. Um, Back to September 12th is The Six, The Untold Story of the First Women Astronauts by Lauren Grush. And it is... The remarkable true story of America's first women astronauts, six of them, um, from a candidate pool of 8,000, six elite women were selected in 1978. They were Sally Ride, Judy Resnick, Anna Fisher, Kathy Sullivan, Shannon Lucid, and Rhea Seedon or Seddon, and I hate that I don't know how to pronounce that, but... um, one of them, Judy Resnick, sacrificed her life on Space Shuttle Challenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone knows the story of Sally Ride yes. and her history. But each of the six would make their own mark on the space program. And I, the funniest part is, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, so it's like hidden figures, but with space. But, but first, I mean, that was with space, too. It, but. Well, <laughs> but I guess that's space. true. In space. Uh, and the first line is in the best-selling tradition of hidden figures and code <laughs> girls. So I was like, okay, I'm there on track with this. I will like this. So that's called The Six. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And it sounds like one. I really like getting narrative nonfiction stories like that and then listening to them in audio because it feels like a really long podcast app. Yes. Yes. I love Usually that. Usually presented to you by the author. Yes. Or someone or someone who is equally good at yes reading the information like that and telling it like a story yes so I enjoy that a lot my next one is weird but cool and it's called the navigating fox and it's by Christopher Rowe that's coming out September 26th it's a fantastical fable of knowledgeable creatures in the vein of Brian and I'm going to screw his last name up Jacques or Jacques oh, uh Jake he probably You're said, talking the Redwall yes, author. Yes, like Redwall, but for adults is how it's described. Okay. Um, and it's about Quintus Schual, the world's only navigating fox, is in disgrace after guiding an expedition to its doom and leaving no survivors. One year later, Quintus is offered the chance to redeem himself. He will need to lead a motley, fractious team, both human and animal, all the way to the gates of hell. So that is the idea. Its cover's gorgeous. Christopher Rowe is very, very good, um, and I, I want it. And please tell me how to say that poor, poor man's yeah. name. Brian Jake's name is pronounced as, or Jake's rhymes with makes. There you go. So there you go. You should know that the British man refuses to pronounce his last name <laughs> the, the French, French way. Because <laughs> <laughs> it should be Jacques. Right, right. That's what I always yeah. thought it was, but yeah. So my next one is by Liza Mundy, who wrote, also wrote Code Girls, speaking of. And it is called The Sisterhood, The Secret History of Women at the CIA. Mm. And it it's going to talk in part about how difficult it has been for women to make it in the CIA, but also about why they were the best spies in, like, World War II because they were completely unassuming. Mm-hmm. Um and why they were able to notice the things that other people weren't able to notice. Uh, as the CIA faced, oh, okay, they were also the ones who um, 
spotted, first spotted the rising threat of Al-Qaeda because they were looking for things that other people weren't mm-hmm. looking for. So it says... Um, it will be the revelatory history of three generations at the CIA, the women who fought to become operatives, trans- transformed spycraft, and tracked down Osama bin Laden. Hmm. And so you will... I, it just sounds fascinating that sounds to me. sounds very interesting. Um, the Sisterhood, the secret history of women at the CIA. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, my next one should come as no surprise to anyone who knows me. Percy Jackson <laughs> and the Chalice of the Gods. <laughs> After saving the world multiple times, Percy is hoping to have a normal senior year, but unfortunately, nope. the gods aren't quite done with him. <laughs> he needs a letter of recommendation to go to college, except in order to get the three letters he needs, he has to do three quests. I'm so sorry. So it's like the Trials of Hercules, except for college. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, no. The first quest is to help Zeus's cupbearer retrieve his goblet before it falls into the wrong hands. Can Percy Grover and Annabeth find it in time? <laughs> it just, it's like a, I think going to be half the length of most of mm-hmm, his novels. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's, it's just going back to visit a character that everybody just loves. Yeah. And so yeah. it's going to just be fun. And I'm excited. That's cute. Okay. This is my third, uh, awesome women book it's a it's a kind of a photographic essay actually Ooh, it is called behind the seams my life in rhinestones by dolly Parton. i love dolly i love her um i love her more constantly the more i hear about her and they've just started i don't know if you've got the emails from the state library that i've gotten but they've started her imagination library here in Mm -hmm. indiana Mm -hmm. so pretty soon you'll be able to sign up your kids that are under five to receive free books yes through dolly's imagination library and i'm very excited about that well this one's less about her passion for books and more about her iconic costumes over the years and boy have they been on boy (laughs) have they yes oh my goodness it is 450 50 full color photographs including images from her private costume archives um from things she's worn on stage to things she's worn in films um including things about how she developed her iconic style Mm -hmm. and her as she will call it her trashy style but one of my favorite things that dolly ever said was it costs a lot to look this cheap yes and uh, I adore her. I just so. love her in so many ways. And I know. I am just coming to appreciate her more and more. Yeah. The more I read about her. The, I I read a biography of her for the children's room that came uh-huh, in just a, uh-huh. a children's biography of her. <laughs> and the more I read, the more I thought, this woman is a gift. She really is. She is and a gift. It is. Her endearment lives in to me and the fact that she has always just been who she is Mm -hmm. she likes what she likes nobody's gonna tell her if it's appropriate or not she's just gonna make it work yeah and she is next level so that comes out october 17th that's gonna be great yeah i love that (laughs) so my next one is called the fragile threads of power and it's by v.e schwab and it's a continuation of her Shades of London. It's the first one that you have mentioned that I have also seen okay. on lists. Should I skip it? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I don't have it on my list, oh, but I list. did see it. Because I haven't read the other ones in no. that series. Um, 
it the whole concept of that first series is really interesting because mm-hmm. there are four Londons nestled right. together like a book that were all easily to pass between for ages until right. the magic breakdown in one started to infect the others. Right. So what they did was shut them off from each other. And so only specific people with specific skills can open those doors right. through the worlds. So that is your, your beginning. And, <laughs> and so if you read the three books that come first, you're going to learn more about that world mm-hmm. and meet those characters. And the people that can open those doors are called the Antari. And they've now, for this series, you, we've not seen them for a while. Um, and now people are coming into possession of power that is threatening that stability and we need them back. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but Vee Schwab is so good. Mm-hmm. Just her writing is amazing. Her books are all super different from each other. Mm-hmm. She wrote this, um, the, um, Addie, Addie LaRue. She wrote that one. Um, I'm not going to remember the whole title of everything. God bless the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. The, the beginning of which I forget, I much like am... poor Addie, is forgotten by everyone who meets her. I am six chapters into it, yes. and I am trying, and it was better this time than the yes. first time I tried to well, read it, but it's taking too much emotional investment yes. to get I into it. I haven't read that one. But it is beautifully written, and, and what, thus far, what I have read of it, what it speaks about memory and how mm-hmm. important our memories plus other people's memories of us yes. are to creating who we are, like our actual existence. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Well, Someday, V.E. Schwab, I will finish this book. And you I know what? promise. What's fun about her books is that each one is so different from the mm-hmm. other that mm-hmm. if this one's not working for you, grab a different one. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, I want this one to work. The so Near bad. Witch was their first book, and mm-hmm. it just is so good. Yeah. And I remember when it was coming out, I was on Twitter, and Victoria was on Twitter, and I just kept saying, I can't believe how good this is, and just <laughs> tweeting. And she sent me cookies. Aww. <laughs> how so, sweet. Yes. Um, just such a good book. And all, all of E. Schwab's books are good, so. If you'll find one that speaks to you, read that one. Maybe you like superheroes. If you like superheroes and what makes a villain, maybe you enjoyed Nimona, the graphic novel Nimona. If you like that, then you'll like Vicious and Vengeful. The thing is, I love every concept. Yeah. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. I just have had the hardest time getting into them. I don't know why. Don't read smart books. Read happy books. We'll find you the one. There, There's actually a middle grade series that V.E. That Schwab wrote about ghosts. We will find you okay. that one, and it can be your... Rachel, entry. if her grown-up books are too much for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, like, there's... um, it, The Archived is a YA series, mm-hmm. um, the first one of, of a YA series where it is a secret library, mm-hmm. and um, there's, a, there's someone who works at the secret library that's just referred to as Guyliner because... He wears eyeliner. <laughs> I might like that. Actually. And it's fun. It's great. And there's <laughs> another one that's that's about music. Okay. And monsters and what makes a monster and that. Oh, I might I'm like sure that you'd like too. that one too. There's yeah. a book for everyone. I love the concept of Addie Larue. I'm just having a heck of a time, man. But you don't have to force yourself. Yeah. Read, read what brings you joy. <laughs> what brings me joy is just <laughs> fantasy. Just, yeah. Just all fantasies. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about this series. 
this is the last of my nonfiction books. And I'm going to try not to, to camp here for too long and just ooh and ah. But if anyone wants to buy me a Halloween gift, <laughs> just kidding. But it comes out on October 31st, and it's Being Henry, The Fonz and Beyond yes. by Henry Winkler, who I adore. Um, I remember watching Happy Days when I was a kid at my grandma's. Grandma? What? I haven't done that <laughs> Michigan in a long time. Um, at my grandma's house. And... I was obsessed with it, but it wasn't necessarily because of the fawns. Like yeah. it wasn't, I was, I was watching it on like TV land even. Of course then. you were. But. Um, ah, TV land. I remember TV land. I just love this line where it says widely regarded as the nicest man in Hollywood, though he would be the first to tell you that is simply not the case. He's just really grateful to be here. Aww. Which proves the sentence more than disproves yes. it. I just. He talks about um, the difficulties of having severe dyslexia, which when you consider how many adorable children's books he has written yeah. since then. I mentioned yesterday when I was talking to you and Polly that I very much consider him the modern day Mr. Rogers. Mm. Um, it's that spirit of yeah of compassion and listening to people and offering that like, his personality is like a warm hug personality. Yeah. And so I'm obviously it's not a one-to-one comparison. I'm not trying to say that, but I think Henry, the world of Henry Winkler. And so when his memoir comes out on Halloween, I will be hopefully devouring it yes. at that point. I feel like I watched an interview with him recently that was just delightful and I'm going to have to see if I can find it. Seek out the one of him on the Kelly Clarkson show. That was the one. Is that it when she's talking about yes, her that daughters? was the one. Yeah. Yes, oh. that's the one. So look up that one. Uh-huh. It's just delightful. Mm-hmm. I'll see if I can find a link and I'll put it in the show notes. You'll want him to be your grandfather forever. Just He's the best. Amazing. Just the best. Mm-hmm. Well, my next one is called The Gin Bot of Chantiport, which is Aladdin meets murder bot and it's by <laughs> Samit Basu and it's coming out <laughs> October 3rd and it is it, Shantiport was supposed to be the gateway to the stars but the city is stinking is stinking sinking Laura say the word sinking I swear I thought you said the city is stinky that's what I said that's what I said and then I corrected myself I thought myself. it was right I thought that's what no, you were no it wasn't was like, it was supposed to be sinking it is set in space. <laughs> Shantyport was supposed to be a gateway to the stars, but it's sinking and its colonist oh. rulers aren't helping anyone but themselves. Lena, a daughter of failed revolutionaries, has no desire to escape. She loves her city and would do anything to save its people. This, in fact, was the plan for her life made before she was even born. Mm. So it, it is a it's Lena and her sibling Bador, Bador, who is a monkey bot. <laughs> And they have to save the city. <laughs> and uh, they have three wishes in the bargain. That's so cool. That actually artifact. sounds really so cool. It's gonna be it's gonna be Aladdin except space. And monkeys except 
I don't know, robots. It's just weird. Uh, yeah. And it's one that I read the description of and I said, ew, this sounds bizarre and I'm not a fan. And then the more reviews I've read about it, the more praise it's getting. And people are like, this is the best science fiction book coming out this year. And I'm like, that's cool. I that's guess I'm down. Cool. <laughs> I guess I'm down. Okay, let's I do it. Shot. Why not? It's an eat the rich story, mm. apparently. And Okay. I'm sounds, on board. Sounds delicious. All right. Well, I'm moving into YA territory now, so stop me. The first one is The Rosewood Hunt by Mackenzie Reed. Oh, that is on my list. Is it? Yes. <laughs> of course it is, because it is so Laura. It is me all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So Lily has lived with her grandmother since her dad's death a year ago. She and Graham have always been close. I love this. Graham's role as a chair of their family's luxury coat business yes. <laughs> has inspired Lily's love of fashion. Uh, and Lily hopes to follow in Graham's footsteps, but then Graham dies suddenly, uh, and Graham's quarter of a billion dollar fortune is missing. Uh, and Lily has been banned from the manor that she and Graham shared. But Graham has always loved games, and even in death, she still has a few tricks up her couture sleeve. When Lily and three other seemingly random teens get letters from Graham sending them on a treasure hunt around Rosetown, they hope the fortune will be the reward. But they're not the only ones hunting for Graham's treasure. And soon the hunt becomes more dangerous than they ever could have imagined. It just it's, sounds so good. It's a code kind of book. It's yes. a treasure hunt kind of book. Yes. It's a I'm so close to my Graham. Mm -hmm. And this is, yeah. It, it read like a description out of Laura's favorite things yes. list. It's a list of my favorite things. <laughs> so that comes out on October 31st, The Rosewood Hunt. It's going to be so good. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. for that one. I agree. And this is another one I'm excited for. And in fact, I just got an advanced copy of this and I made a screaming noise when I found out that it came to my inbox. I was very happy. It's called Curious Ties and it's by Pascal LaSalle and it's coming out October 3rd. It's described as Ninth House meets a deadly education. Ooh, so a little bit of magic academia. in there. Dark academia fantasy. And it's about um, a girl who had mediocre healing abilities until she happens to be at a cave and all of this group of classmates she's with end up dead but her. And now oh, her no. healing abilities are super, super powerful and no one should have these powers and she has to keep them a secret. And so she is um, trying to hide that while seeking help with one of her um, friend, deceased friend's brothers who might be able to help her with these powers. Okay. And then trying to hide from the secret society that she is with so that they don't um, know what her magic can do. Interesting. So it's, it's going to be cool. Interesting. Okay, my other two YA ones are not fantasy, so I might be a little bit safer. Maybe. Maybe. Although I don't really have a lot of YA fantasy on this list. Okay. Uh, Up in Flames by ha Haley Alcaraz. Alcaraz. October 3rd. So this book is about Ruby Ortega, who is an unapologetic flirt and balances her natural aptitude for economics with her skill for partying hard. <laughs> uh, whatever she wants, she eventually gets. Um, but her ruthless determination is tested when wildfires devastate her California hometown. 
And suddenly she's the head of the family and responsible for survival with no income and no experience to rely on. Rebuilding seems hopeless, but with the help of unexpected allies, Ruby has to try. When she discovers that the fires also displaced many un undocumented people in her town, it becomes even more imperative to help. And if she has to make some hard choices along the way, can anybody blame her? I just think it sounds like a delightful, like resilient human spirit. It does. Story. It does. Um, and one of this is going to be a weird thing to circle back to, but one of the things that I put on my list for this year, one of my reading goals for the year was to read more diverse stories. Mm -hmm. And I think that that includes uh, both people groups and settings and light lives that are not like California wildfires are a real thing. Yeah. This is a fictional story, but there so are, are real Canadian things. ones. Yeah. Very We've been right sucking now. those in for a while. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It just felt like a very survival story in a different setting than I'm used to. And so that one's called up in flames and it comes out October 3rd. That sounds so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna, and that's a YA? Yes. I'm going to make sure I have it. It's a debut novel from I'm, her. She's a Mexican-American author, um, and I believe it's her first book. We're going to so, get it. So. <laughs> <laughs> My next book is Starling House by Alex Harrow. Is that on your list? No, but my next one starts with an S. So when you okay. is, I was like, oh, no. No, it comes out October 3rd. A lot of things come out October 3rd. It's a good day for books. Yes. Opal is a lot of things. Orphan, high school dropout, full-time syndicate, part-time cashier. But above all, she's determined to find a better life for her younger brother, Jasper, one that gets them out of Eden, Kentucky. A town remarkable for only two things. One, a surprising amount of unexplained bad luck and natural disasters. And two, two, the only known sightings of E. Starling, a reclusive 19th century author whose only published book, The Underland, was considered almost as shocking as the author's later mysterious disappearance. But Starling left one other thing behind, the imposing house that bears her name. Everyone agrees that it's best to ignore the uncanny mansion and its misanthropic heir, Arthur. Almost everyone, anyway. So that we have fun. creepy, possibly haunted yes. house. Yes. Um, and uh, anyway, it looks it looks very cool and fun. And you know how I feel about author stories. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My last YA one, I just realized I put the title on here wrong, but I know what I did. So it also comes out October 3rd. It's called Salt the Water Ooh. by Candace Elo. Have you not heard of this? I haven't. Oh, this is, you're going to love this. So, Cerulean Jean is free everywhere except school, where they're known for repeatedly challenging authority. Raised in a free-spirited home by two loving parents who encourage Cerulean to be their full self, they've got big dreams of moving cross-country to live off the grid with their friends after graduation. Other things that I read basically said, like, their friends are learning how to do things now in high school so that they can all go together and basically build this free-spirited commune <laughs> when they get out of high school. Um, why wait for graduation? Oh, wait. Sorry. But a fight with a teacher spirals out of control and Cerulean impulsively drops out to avoid the punishment they fear is coming. Why wait for graduation to leave an oppressive capitalist system and live your dreams? 
Salt the Water is a book about dreaming in a world that has other plans for your time, your youth, and your future. It asks, what does it look like when a bunch of queer black kids are allowed to dream? And what does it look like for them to confront the present circumstances of the people they love while still pursuing a wildly different future of their own? Um, Also, another one of the descriptions that I read mentioned the post-COVID anxiety Mm -hmm. and reemergence and all of that being a point in this too. So that one's called Salt the Water by Candace Elo. That sounds really cool. Yeah. It's on, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> and the cover of that one is illustrated, but it's also beautiful. Okay. And the main character's name is Cerulean, so you can guess like the main color, but it's so beautifully done. So. I will look at that up and yeah. look at it and see how pretty it is when I get my phone back. <laughs> but I left my phone over there so that That's I would fine. purposefully not look things up mid-podcast because that takes us forever. <laughs> I know. Mine's behind me, but I still reach for it. Yes. So, so I can't. I'm, when somebody asks a question, I find I cannot not reach for my phone it's anymore. It's true. I have to put mine out of reach. That's the only <laughs> way. So my next one I couldn't not include because it is just such a different thing. Okay. That no one would have expected ever would have happened. Cassandra Clare has a book that isn't about shadow hunters. <laughs> it's called Sword Catcher. It's an adult novel and it's coming out October 10th. I'm pretty sure that I saw this, but I didn't even read the description because no. I was like, oh, another shadow hunter. It is book. not a shadow hunter book. <laughs> it's set, it's actually not set in this world. Oh, wow. It is a um, fantasy and it is set, Castellane is the name of the place where it's set. Okay. And uh, it's about Kel, who's an orphan, stolen from the life he knew to become the sword catcher. So he's a body double for the prince. Hmm. He's raised with the prince. He's uh-huh. educated with the prince. But so when he the, moves like him. He knows what When the did. chips are down, his job is to get stabbed so the prince isn't. Interesting. And he has no other purpose, no other future. He just was picked for that. And Lynn Castor is one of the Ashkar, a small community whose members still possess magical abilities. By law, they must live behind walls in the city, but Lynn, a physician, ventures out to tend the sick and dying. Despite her skills, she can't heal her best friend without access to forbidden knowledge. So a failed assassination brings the two of them together, hmm. and then they meet up with the in, people who are in the web of this rat picker king who is the criminal underworld of this place. That makes sense. And so yeah. it, there's like Dickensian vibes uh-huh, going uh-huh. on and it just seems really cool. And I bet it will be because as much as I love the Mortal Instruments mm-hmm. series, and I did, I loved it, but Infernal Devices was my jam. Yes. And Cassandra Clare writes that kind of gritty Victorian yes. kind of steampunky, even though it's you know, is that one actually set in England or is yeah. it set in, okay. It's set in England. Okay. It's she set in writes London. those kinds of settings and sets that kind of scene really well. Yeah. So, so this is going to be like, it kind of has Prince and the Popper vibes yeah. and it's taken to a completely different place and yeah. time and setting. She can build herself and it's taking her out of that box that she's been in for yeah. so long yeah. and having her write something that gives her a little more freedom sure. and, I love her sense of humor in her books. Yes, And I so agree. that's one of the reasons why I want to read this uh-huh. is to see, one, how she writes outside of the framework that she has always written mm-hmm. in. Right. Because the more people want Shadowhunter's books, the more she's writing. Yeah. She's in there. Her publisher is just keeps saying, write yeah. us three more, write us three yeah. more. 
what would she write if she didn't write that? And yeah. so this is what she worked on during. I feel like a lot of books that are coming out now are when writers in the pandemic went, what would I write if I could write whatever I wanted? And and this was that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really interesting. And I'm I'm very yeah, that's cool. Curious that's about it. Cool. The cover design looks really cool. The excerpt chapter that she posted in an email was really interesting. Yeah. So we'll see what we think. Is she going to write another character that is Jace, but a, with a different name? Will will right. that be true? We'll, we're going to find out. Yeah. I only have three left. So if you want to do another one. I will do another one real quick. And it is my only nonfiction. Oh, okay. And it's called Lay Them to Rest by Laura Norton. Um, oh. It's coming out October 17th. Laura Norton did the Fall Line podcast, if you ever listened to that. It's um, about um, missing children in um, Georgia. Okay. And Atlanta has this thing called the Fall Line, which is the flood okay. line mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. in this town or city. Atlanta's pretty big. <laughs> qualifies as city. In this village called Atlanta. I don't yes. know if you've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, just in case no one knew. There's this kind of biggish town called Atlanta. Anyway. Um, she's a podcaster and who has done a lot of work with missing people, missing children Uh who are like, I hate the phrase that they use often to describe people. It's like the less dead, which is a horrible phrase to use, but it's people who are in, um, either in a impoverished area, people Mm -hmm. of color, people who have high risk lifestyles Mm -hmm. like drug use, whatever, who have gone missing right. in this area right um and then the failure of the city the fbi everyone to make process progress in searching for people like yeah. they funded a billboard for missing twins um down there at one point mm-hmm. they covered um kidnappings from one of atlanta's hospitals kidnapped okay. babies uh-huh. um, on that podcast so she's done a lot of work with missing people and it's sometimes just crushing to listen to that podcast and know how long it's been. Like one woman was missing a baby um, and it's been 40 years and she never has heard anything about what happened to her newborn infant who was stolen out of her hospital room while she slept. When you said that and I made that face that I know you saw me make, I just thought, how do you get a baby stolen from the hospital? They didn't have security cameras. They didn't have security guards. They didn't have nurses on the floor at all times. Yeah. And people just walked in. I get it. I and just, it's it awful. And it was wrong. It was the hospital you went to if you couldn't afford to go to a better hospital. Yeah. And so anyway, she's done all that work. And this is about the process of um, finding out the identity of a missing person um, or a, um, a unknown woman that they have found. Okay. And then... Um, how scientists and cold case investigators work on cases like this to solve them. So it's going to be less about a specific case and more about the people who are working to break these cold cases. Right. Processes and and people. Yes. It's a deep dive into forensic science. And so I thought it looked both crushing (laughs) and also incredibly good. And since I know her work I know kind of what right. to expect and yeah. um if you are interested in how now especially they're they're working to identify Jane Doe's and John Doe's um this is a good search 
are a good place to start. They're doing genetic genealogy, not just to find who committed crimes, but also right. to trace people. people. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to take an abrupt <clears throat> turn from your true crime book. Yes. Because my last section has three books in it, and they are books that typically come out this time of year. I could, can I wait a couple months to read them? Yeah. Yeah. But is it a fun time to get started on my holiday romances? Yes, it is. Yeah. My next three recommendations will be basically Hallmark books in, or Hallmark stories in book form. We love it. We love uh, to see it. The first it. one overlaps with my YA. It's a YA one, and it's called Love in Winter Wonderland. <laughs> that sounds By cute. Abiola Bello. What did her, you say her name was? Abiola. A-B-I-O-L-A. Okay. Love in Winter Wonderland features Trey Anderson, who is charming and handsome. And I like where it says he balances the pressures of popularity and his job. Oh, popularity. Such a hard knock life. So his family owns the beloved local bookshop called Wonderland. Oh. And uh, so he works there. And Ariel Spencer needs tuition for the prestigious art program of her dreams. And an opening at Wonderland is just what she needs. But then Trey and Ariel learn that Wonderland is on the brink of being shut down by the local gentrifier, is what the description says. It cracks me up. Um, so That's, is that what his, his, uh, his button says? Probably. His name tag says that? Probably. Um, so they team up to stop him from or stop the store from being shut down before the Christmas Eve deadline. And they had, of course, embark on a hate to love journey that will change them forever. Yes. So uh, that's called Love in Winter Wonderland by Abiola Bello. That sounds so fun. Yeah. My next one is yet another historical fantasy, which <laughs> seems to be the trend for me this time. And it's called A Power Unbound. It is the third in a series, but you can just jump in if you want to. I think I think it's fine because they're all with different people. Okay. And it is um, Lord Hawthorne, who's Jack Alston is his is his given name, um, was ready to be done with magic. He lost his twin sister. Uh-huh. That was very traumatizing, obviously. And he thinks, I'm good. And then he gets sucked back into the magical world of Britain as they search for this artifact that can keep this horrible secret society. Because every book has had a secret society. Have you noticed that I've recommended yes. every yes. book? Historical secret societies. Let's do it. So he thinks he's it's cool. everybody going, there's something sinister about that. Yes. So he's, <laughs> he gets sucked into stopping this. And then um, if they fail, all this power, the, all the magic in, in England will go to this group. And bad things will happen the fairies will get angry oh no we can't do this and then of course what else would happen but they there's a love story so it's gonna be like victorian setting love story magic um secret societies let's do it let's Let's do do it. it that's what i'm finding i'm enjoying right now is is reading vaguely historical fantasies that could never happen ever right and yet I find them soothing. So yeah. let's do yeah. it. Let's Why just not? embrace it. Well, they transport you to a time that was simpler. 
I mean, it was until they threw the secret society into until, it. Until, yeah. I mean, that's why I air quoted in a way that yes. no one listening to this podcast could hear. Not a visual medium. <laughs> All right. My next one is called Faking Christmas by Carrie Winfrey. And it, it comes out on September 26th. And it is about a woman, Laurel, who is a social media manager for an Ohio tourism magazine. She is most definitely, she most definitely does not run a farm. <laughs> but one tiny misunderstanding leads her boss to think she owns her twin sister Holly's farm just outside of Columbus. Oh, no. She only h- handles social media for the farm, but she's happy to keep up a little white lie because, you know, her boss is impressed by it. And so that's fine. But then uh, Gilbert, her boss, gets dumped by his wife, which seems a really insensitive way to say it, but I guess rom-commy. <laughs> he gets dumped by his wife. Yeah, that doesn't um, quite, it doesn't work that way. It's not like right, a boyfriend. Right. Uh, so he invites himself over to the farm for this big Christmas Eve Eve dinner that he has seen advertised on social media because Laurel advertised it yes. on social media. Um Meadow Rise Farms is what it's called. So uh, she has to figure out how to trick her boss into thinking she owns this place and that she is the Martha Stewart of rural Ohio, which I think is a great description. So Laurel and her sister Holly come up with a plan uh, where all she has to do is pretend to own the farm. Which is fine until her arch nemesis, Max Beckett, shows up. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he's annoyingly attractive. Because <laughs> of course he is. <sighs> um, and the annoyingly attractive man she hates will be posing as her husband for the evening. Oh, no. But then a snowstorm traps them all in for the entire weekend. Yeah. And she has to figure out how to keep all these plates spinning at one time there's always a snowstorm right of course it wouldn't be christmas without one so i say that but we kind of had one last year here at christmas and it wasn't the most fun no (laughs) i was just glad i made it home yeah true uh actually i can't say it wasn't the most fun we played a lot of board games and it was nice to hang out together but uh faking christmas by carrie winfrey that's gonna be fun So my next one is by guess who Martha Wells again. (laughs) I for one am shocked, dear listener. Because there's a new murder bot. Of course, called System Collapse, and it's coming (laughs) out November fourteenth. If you think you'll hate Murder Bot, you're wrong. (laughs) Because that is what Murder Bot calls itself. Um, It's not actually called a murder bot. It's a security unit that hacked its own brain out of the controls that were put on it so that it it could just watch um, soap operas. (laughs) That was the goal. But these pesky humans that it it meets just keep almost dying, and he can't let that happen. So begrudgingly, Murderbot goes to their rescue over and over and over again. And this is no exception. there is this corporation. Corporations are never good. And they're sending rescue ships to a colonized planet. But no, they're probably just there to pick up slaves. Oh. So Murderbot is like, let's not do that. Um, but it's not working. R- Murderbot is broken. Can oh, it fix itself no. in time? Probably. But 
But the journey will the be journey interesting. The journey is going to be so much fun. <laughs> so Murderbot and the sentient um, ship's computer AI and then some of the humans that Murderbot likes. There are only a few of them. Um, are out to save this colony and it's going to be fun because it's Murderbot and oh, I just love them so much. <laughs> it's book seven. That's how much people like Murderbot. Murderbot keeps winning awards over and over again because everybody loves Murderbot. Right. But the first, I want to say, five books of Murderbot are all novellas. They're really short. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you can whip through them in a weekend because truly so short. So short. Yeah, they so are. treat yourself to a Murderbot <laughs> this, <laughs> this fall season. Treat yourself. Treat yourself to a Murderbot. Okay. My last one is... Another Christmas one. It is the most Christmassy, tropey, tropey <laughs> Christmassy, and I'm so excited. It's called Oct- it's called October third. No, it's not. No. It comes out on October third. <laughs> it's by Eliza Evans, and it's called The Christmas Cafe. Oh, that sounds cute already. Yeah. So Sylvie West is a baker, and she works at Christmas Cafe in Silver Bells, Wyoming. Um, of course she does. She made a boozy eggnog fruit cake that won the town's annual bake-off, and that's how she got her job. She has a sweet, well-ordered life with a roommate, recently widowed Gramps, and her yappy chihuahua pug named Crumpet. Crumpet. Yes. Crumpet. Crumpet. I love you, Crumpet. <laughs> so when Sylvie learns the cafe might be sold, I'm just noticing how many similarities and how often I like rom-coms where somebody's going to lose a building. Well, that's like white Christmas. That's what it is. And there's nothing bad about that. Right. It's you've got mail. So here's how she decides she's going to save it. She's going to get the holiday channel, uh, to set who is there. The, sorry, the holiday channel is there shooting a Christmas movie. What could that be based on? Right. Rachel? I don't know. But she's going to get their crew to shoot a scene in her cafe, and that's going to make it famous, and then it'll save the cafe. Um, so she meets the film's act lead actor, Royce. Um, she gets an unexpected acting gig. She has a booth at the Christmas festival to prepare for. She's going to be in the Christmas parade. She's got a budding romance with Royce going on. So she has all these plates spinning and things are looking pretty good. And then her old friend, gruff yet reliable Abe shows up to manage his parents goat farm. Okay. We're in love with him already. (laughs) Until she catches herself feeling a little too merry and bright in his presence. So (laughs) she's gotta, she's gotta balance all this stuff that's going on and, you know, fall in love with a goat farmer. Can we just go back to Crumpet for a minute? Right. Crumpet the Chihuahua Pug. So cute. (laughs) So cute. Yes. He's actually, Crumpet is mentioned about four times in the written uh, description. I love Crumpet. Um, (laughs) All right, Laura, take us home. Yes. Okay. My next book may or may not come out this this, uh, fall slash winter. So don't get too excited. But it keeps saying it's gonna. (laughs) And so until they tell me no. I'm going to say I'm looking forward to Electo the Ninth by oh, Tamsin Muir. Uh-huh. Um, 
I've seen an October date. I've seen a first of 2024. Mm-hmm. I don't believe the first of 2024. I think that that's the nice way they're saying that they're expecting it in the first part of 2024 now <laughs> and not and not in October. But the date I saw was October. So your guess is as good as mine. Um, <laughs> we're looking forward to the fourth book. You'll be ready for it when it comes. I have it pre-ordered in several different ways. Huh. And I am number four on the list for the audiobook on Libby. When it comes, it comes. So we'll just we'll leave that there. Maybe it will come. And then my next one is in translation. So I'm cheating because this is coming out here in January. Okay. But it's already out if you speak Icelandic. So um, go for it if you want to. Um, it's called The Night Guest by Hildur Nutsdotter. And it is, it is about a, a woman who is having chronic fatigue. She's got these weird symptoms. They won't go away. She's getting bruises all over her body. Everybody's telling her, try essential oils. You'll get better. As someone with a chronic illness, if one more person tells me to try an essential oil, I'm going to try it violently in their direction. Um, Family, don't believe her. Have you tried eating better? Have you tried exercising all this crap? You know what? I'm going to throw my shoe at you if you ask me that one more time, Doc. So finally, she says, I'm going to get myself one of these fitness trackers and I'm going to do what they're telling me to do and maybe it will help. So she puts her fitness tracker on. She goes to sleep. And when she wakes up, her watch tells her she's walked 40,000 steps in the night. What's happening when she's asleep? Why is she waking up with increasingly disturbing injuries? And why won't anyone believe her? Maybe that's why she's so tired all the I time. I bet that is. I bet that is. <laughs> so that's a horror, obviously. Obviously. And it's it's there on that list. Not for me. I put that one on the list for Marion. <laughs> Shout out. Marion, that one's for you. Go ahead. and personalized. Pre-order that one. Yeah, really? Looks really, really good. When's it come out? That comes out in January. Oh. But okay. it's already out if you speak Icelandic. I don't know what Marion does. Maybe he speaks Icelandic. Maybe he does. Maybe I he's don't really into Bjork. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's part of his secret life that I don't know anything about yeah. even. Do you have a secret life, Marion Castle? Do you? Hmm. What was it really like on that submarine <laughs> <laughs> that didn't have windows? Okay. Because <laughs> submarines don't have windows. Was that your last one? Yeah. Okay. So those are our recommendations if you want to head over to our Facebook or our Instagram and tell us what you're looking forward to in the new year. Do that. And if you want to make sure that the library has what you're looking – I said in the new year. I didn't mean that. I meant in the fall. That um, too. Both. Yeah, if you want to make sure the library has what you want during our construction nightmares. Yeah. Put in a request and we'll see what we can do to make sure that we have it for you administratively there's nothing really new to give you uh construction is still happening it will be happening for a while so follow our social media either facebook or instagram or both or you can sign up for text alerts and i realize that we say that all the time but i did just want to tell you that if you want to do that you can text wcpl close all one word wcpl c-l-o-s-e to 81010 and that will sign you up for our text alerts about closings Mm -hmm. and building information there are some other ones that you can text to the same number to get programming information and things like that but as far as the building closures go text wcpl close to 81010 and that will get you signed up for text alerts to be delivered straight to your phone 
Um, the other thing is the day before, no, we're still a month out. I was, yeah, no, 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 no. So this is August. Yes. The next podcast, the September podcast won't drop until after Labor Day. So we will be closed on Labor Day, which I believe is September 4th. Um, Sounds about right to me. Yeah. So that's a little bit further out, but we won't talk to you in this format again before then. So uh, September 4th, we are closed for Labor Day. We'll, we'll be open the Saturday before. We'll reopen the Tuesday after, as far as we know. And Libby and Ho- Hoopla will be open during exactly. that time. Exactly. And if, if uh, we're not open, WCPL closed to 81010 to find that out ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all yeah, I have for that's this what episode. That's I've got. All right. Um, until next time. Goodbye. (laughs) The Bookmark is a podcast of the Wabash Carnegie Public Library. Recorded in the WCPO Makerspace, hosted and produced by Rachel Castle and Laura Butler. Edited by Rachel Castle. Show notes created by Laura Butler. For more information on the bookmark and any services available through the Wabash Carnegie Public Library, please visit our website at www.wabash.lib.in.us or check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Wabash Library. Remember when I said I wanted to record this podcast quicker? Let me stop and look up a book cover right in the middle of it. But let me tell you, people have been telling me how to pronounce my last name for years. Every German person I meet tells me how wrong I am. That's true. And I tell them that's not what they told us at Ellis Island. (laughs) And I just say it really deadpan, even though my family didn't go through Ellis Island. (laughs)